0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which... Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Listen to Sleep. Slow, quiet stories to help you fall asleep. I don't know where to start this week. Maybe I'll just start with telling you where I am and what's going on. This is episode 70 of Listen to Sleep. I'm very thankful that we've gotten here. Thank you to all of you for helping to make that happen. Today, I am back at my cabin, checking on things. We are under a evacuation warning for a fire here in Northern California that's about 10 miles from here. It's the second largest fire in California history. And for the moment, I'm safe. Everybody's safe. We evacuated last night, got the dogs, cats, and people all in the car and headed out to the coast where we're staying with a friend. Very thankful for that, to be able to not only have a place to stay, but uh, to be able to get the cats and everybody all rounded up. Sometimes the cats are gone for days at a time. They go to the neighbors and I don't even know where they are. But yesterday they were all here. So we're fine. I came back today to check on some things. Um, I wasn't going to do an episode of the podcast this week. I was just going to do a repeat or something. But I thought the best thing I can do for myself, to just calm myself, and the best thing I can do for all of you is to read a story. So I'm going to read one about being thankful under adverse circumstances. First, I would love to thank the people who joined the Patreon this week. It was a big week on the Patreon. A big shout-out to Amy. Thank you so much. Maddie. Thank you. Sarah Ellen. Thank you for signing up for the Patreon. And Christian. Thank you so much. I'm just blown away by your support of my dream of being a storyteller for a living. And I really, really appreciate you becoming members of the Patreon. If you would like to become a member of the Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash listen to sleep. For $1 a month, you'll get the podcast a day early and without any introductions or ads. The podcast will always be free. And I know there are tens of thousands of you out there who listen to fall asleep and it works for you. And that is enough for me. If you think any of the extra perks like the nature sounds I recorded up here at my cabin or the sleepy shorts for kids could help you or someone you love sleep, but you can't afford to join the Patreon, I get it. Money is tight, especially these days. So all you have to do if you would like to get access to all of that is just email me at eric at com. That's E-R-I-K at listentosleep.com. All right, let's get started. So just feel yourself against the bed. Do you feel where your body is touching the bed? Can you feel the inside of your hands? Can you feel the inside of your arms? As you feel this, Do you notice that your brain starts to calm down a little, that as you feel the inside of your arms and that awareness, it helps slow your mind down? Can you feel the inside of your feet, the inside of your legs? Okay, let's take another deep breath and let it out. And if you get tired or start to nod off while I'm reading to you, that's okay. The Thanksgiving of the Wazir Once upon a time, there lived in Hindustan two kings whose countries bordered upon each other. But as they were rivals in wealth and power, and one was a Hindu Raja and the other a Mohammedan Badshah, they were not good friends at all. In order, however, to escape continual quarrels, the Raja and the Badshah had drawn up an agreement, stamped and signed, declaring that if any of their subjects, from the least to the greatest, crossed the boundary between the two kingdoms, he might be seized and punished. One morning, the Badshah and his chief wazir, or prime minister, were just about to begin their morning's work over the affairs of the kingdom, and the Badshah had taken up a pen and was cutting it to his liking with a sharp knife, when the knife slipped and cut off the top of his finger. Oh, wazir, cried the king, I've cut the tip of my finger off. That is good to hear, said the wazir in answer. Insolent one, exclaimed the king, do you take pleasure in the misfortunes of others, and in mine also? Take him away, my guards, and put him in the court prison until I have time to punish him as he deserves. Instantly, the officers in attendance seized upon the luckless wazir and dragged him out of the king's presence toward the narrow doorway, through which unhappy criminals were wont to be led to prison or execution. As the door opened to receive him, the wazir muttered something into his great white beard, which the soldiers could not hear. "'What said the rascal?' shouted the angry king." He says, he thanks your majesty, replied one of the jailers. And at his words, the king stared at the closing door in anger and amazement. He must be mad, he cried, for he is grateful, not only for the misfortunes of others, but for his own. Surely something has turned his head. Now... The king was very fond of his old wazir, and although the court physician came and bound up his injured finger with cool and healing ointment and soothed the pain, he could not soothe the soreness of the king's heart, nor could any of all his ministers and courtiers who found his majesty very cross all the day long. Early next morning, the king ordered his horse and declared that he would go hunting. Instantly, all was bustle and preparation in stable and hall, and by the time he was ready, a score of ministers and huntsmen stood ready to mount and accompany him. But to their astonishment, the king would have none of them. Indeed, he glared at them so fiercely that they were glad to leave him. So away and away he wandered, over field and through forest, so moody and thoughtful that many a fat buck and gaudy pheasant escaped without notice. And so careless was he whither he was going, that he strayed without perceiving it over into the Rajah's territory, and only discovered the fact when, suddenly, men stepped from all sides out of a thicket and there was nothing left but surrender. Then the poor Badshah was seized and bound and taken to the Raja's prison, thinking most of the time of his wazir, who was suffering a similar fate, and wishing that, like the wazir, he could feel that there was something to give thanks for. That night, the Raja held a special council to consider what should be done to his rival, who had thus given himself into his hands. All the Brahmins were sent for, fat priests who understood all about everything, and what days were lucky and what unlucky. And whilst all the rest of the Raja's counselors were offering him different advice until he was nearly crazy with anger and indecision, the chief Brahmin, was squatting in a corner, figuring out sums and signs to himself with an admiring group of lesser priests around him. At last he arose and advanced toward the throne. Well, said the Raja anxiously, what have you to advise? A very unlucky day, exclaimed the chief Brahmin. Oh, a very unlucky day. The god Devi is full of wrath and commands that tomorrow you must chop off this Badshah's head and offer it to him in sacrifice. Ah, well, said the Raja, let it be done. I leave it to you to carry out the sentence. And he bowed to the priests and left the room. Before dawn... Great preparations were being made for a grand festival in honor of the great idol Devi. Hundreds of banners waved, hundreds of drummers drummed, hundreds of singers chanted chants, hundreds of priests, well-washed and anointed, performed their sacred rites. Whilst the Raja sat, nervous and ill at ease, among hundreds of courtiers and servants, wishing it were all well over. At last, the time came for the sacrifice to be offered, and the poor Badshah was led out, bound, to have his head chopped off. The chief Brahmin came along with a smile on his face and a big sword in his hand, when suddenly he noticed that the Badshah's finger was tied up in a bit of a rag. Instantly, he dropped the sword, and with his eyes starting out of his head with excitement, pounced upon the rag and tore it off. And there he saw that the tip of his victim's finger was missing. At this, he got very red and angry indeed, and he led the Badshah up to where the Raja sat wondering. Behold, O Raja, he said, this sacrifice is useless. The tip of his finger is gone. A sacrifice is no sacrifice unless it is complete. And he began to weep with rage and mortification. But instead of wailing likewise, the Raja gave a sigh of relief and answered, Well, That settles the matter. If it had been anyone else, I should not have minded. But somehow, a king and all, well, it doesn't seem quite right to sacrifice a king. And with that, he jumped up and with his jeweled dagger cut the Badshah's cords and marched with him out of the temple back to the palace. After having bathed and refreshed his guest, The Raja loaded him with gifts, and himself accompanied him with a large escort as far as the frontier between their kingdoms, where, amidst salutes and great rejoicings, they tore up the old agreement and drew up another, in which each king promised welcome and safe conduct to any of the other's people, from the least to the greatest." Whoever came over the border on any errand, whatever. And so they embraced, and each went his own way. When the Badshah got home that very evening, he sent for his imprisoned wazir. Well, O wazir, he said, when the old man had been brought before him, what think you has been happening to me? How can a man in prison know what is happening outside it? Answered the wazir. Then the Badshah told him all his adventures, and when he had reached the end, he added, I have made up my mind, as a token of gratitude for my escape, to pardon you freely, if you will tell me why you gave thanks when I cut off the tip of my finger. Sire, replied the old wazir, Am I not right in thinking that it was a very lucky thing for you that you did cut off the tip of your finger, for otherwise you would certainly have lost your head, and to lose a scrap of one's finger is surely the least of the two evils? Very true, answered the king, touching his head as he spoke, as if to make quite certain that it was still there. But yet Why did you likewise give thanks when I put you into prison? I gave thanks, said the wazir, because it is good always to give thanks. And had I known that my being in prison was to prevent the god Devi claiming me instead of your majesty as a perfect offering, I should have given greater thanks still. Good night.